and welcome to episode 139 of Operation Retroshock, our first episode proper of 2019. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and joining me in this wonderful new year is... It's Chris Vinton. You could have said I was your co-commentator or the play-by-play guy or something like that because of what we're going to talk about. See, this is what I wonder. Would you be colour or play-by-play or would I be colour or play-by-play? This is the thing. You, you do talk them more, so you would probably be the colour commentator. Yeah. Whereas I would be the... You'd probably be I'd the, be the story guy. You'd probably be the Gorilla Monsoon, whereas I'd probably be the Bobby Heenan of the two. I, of th- I, think, that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yes, as you know, everybody, let's get those plugs out of the way and then we'll get dive and straight into our subject for today. So if you would like to get in contact with the show, you can do a number of different ways. Firstly is, of course... Twitter, just search at RetroshockPod on there. Feel free to drop us a tweet, a DM, whatever takes your fancy DM. Obviously gives you more characters to explain what you want to talk to us about. So if there's a certain classical movie or a topic or a video game or whatever it may be that you would like to hear covered on the show in the future, drop us a message on there. Or alternatively, you can drop us a message on Facebook. Just search Operation Retroshock on there. Or if you want to send us something to our personal accounts, I'm at Alan GW Price on Twitter and he's at Vinto316. If you do indeed enjoy our shows, it'd be very much appreciated if you left us a lovely wee review or comment on the various different places you can get the show, be that Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio and uh, TuneIn, all those lovely places. Our show is available for your listening pleasure. So, Chris kind of... Drop the hint to everybody as to what we're going to be talking about. I think it's fair to say this subject was one of our more popular uh, shows towards the end of last year. Yes. Uh, and that was our dive back into talking a bit about the wrestling world. And specifically how Chris has more so got back into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I have progressively kind of migrated more away from the WWE bubble that is sports entertainment into the world of independent wrestling and both of us very much be in, being in a similar place at this moment in terms of being very heavily into our independent side of things of wrestling. Yeah. But today's show is going to cover a wee bit of everything. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover a bit of NXT, we're going to cover a bit of, of course, AEW and of course, uh, well, it's the week off the Royal Rumble, so we'd be a bit remiss not to talk about that as well. Yeah, so yeah, we're just basically going to talk about the NXT UK, which um, WWE NXT UK, which had its first proper takeover pay per view, which seems to be the banner that they're using for anything NXT, whether it be UK or the American one. Um, obviously, we had the likes of the. Um, the first crown of the NXT champion and then the, you know, like the um, tournament in order for the number one contender. Um, so did you watch the UK TakeOver? Did you stay, did you watch, well, this was a good thing is that we didn't, I did stay up for it because yeah. it was like at seven o'clock. Um, I didn't watch it until the day after and luckily was able to avoid spoilers and things like that. But for you, was it something that even if it was on at one o'clock in the morning, was it something that was worth staying up for? Well, this is where uh, I have a funny little story okay. about this. 
because, yes, as you mentioned, this was in the UK. It was at a lovely, reasonable UK airtime for us people over here. Not a lovely UK um, place in Blackpool, though, it has to be that's, said. That's particularly cruel, Chris. I, well... I, I feel sorry for the people of Blackpool being ambushed by your comments. Well... Um, but uh, it's a lovely venue, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the ballroom's fantastic. It's a great place, especially for these like takeover events. Yeah. Um, but back to the point at hand, uh, my little story about this. Well, obviously, folks will be reasonably aware that uh, this is, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the first proper show of 2019. Uh, we've had some stuff that obviously was recorded over the Christmas holidays that went up. You had your first little venture into your solo vintage collection mm-hmm. uh, with your NES games and such. And then we had a throwback to an In the Vault there last week because of just life in general. Um, two different uh, important things to us in our lives. Uh, mine being ice hockey, yours being something probably a wee bit more important with that uh, in the other half. Mm-hmm. Um, but last weekend when this was happening... Uh, there was a big European hockey competition going on in Belfast. So I was at Ice Hockey Friday, Saturday, Sunday through the entire weekend. So I wasn't at home okay. to watch this when it happened. So I went, watched my hockey, all that stuff. Came home by about midnight, sat down and then watched this. Okay. At a time normally it would have been aired in the United <laughs> States. So I really didn't get the benefit well, um, yeah. of... Uh, the UK airtime, but I sat and watched it. I wanted to watch it there because I was just like, I don't want to run into the risk yeah. of hitting spoilers, you know, on Twitter in the morning or whatever like that or that evening. So I just thought I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it. And I just thought on the whole, it was a fantastic show. Uh, just showing the sheer amount of talent that is out there in the wrestling world, never mind the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about it overall? Well, Again, like you, because um, Karen was over, we watched it on the Sunday, and I had stayed spoiler-free until Sunday afternoon, Oh dear! where I went on Instagram, and James Musselwhite, who does like the photos and things Love like that, chap. Yeah, um, he posted something to do with a winner, and I was like... I, I can guess which one, yeah. I was like, ugh. You know, which so, is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate, but at the same time, I was happy that that yes. person won. Um, but yes, I I enjoyed it um, because I was watching with Karen. Um, there was only one match that we skipped, which was the Eddie Dennis Dave Mastiff match. Okay. Um, because as much as I like Eddie Dennis on the microphone and in ring, um, he kind of bores me, and Dave Mastiff does nothing for me at all. So to see those two together, I was like, hmm. The other, like the for me, the tag team match, the the first match and the last match. The last match really exceeded my expectations, um, so it did, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed what I watched. I think I think with the likes of the UK brand now, it's starting to get a bit oversaturated by it being on twice every week. Um, I think that's something now that they'll probably go back to once a week since they're caught up with the tapings and things like that. It's funny that you say that, that that is the case. Yeah. Because this week they only aired one episode. Yeah. So they did, which um, was obviously the stuff recorded before yeah. um, the actual pay-per-view itself. Um, do you want to quickly dive through the matches? And then I think you said that you wanted to talk about favourite matches and stuff yeah, like well, that as well. Even whenever we get to that, whenever we get to the certain match, if we just say, you know, whatever it's your favourite match, yeah, it's fine. Um, so, well, you mentioned the opening match, mm-hmm. which... Um, 
again, as you mentioned, was an absolutely superb match. It was tag team wrestling, especially UK tag team wrestling, mm-hmm. at its absolute finest. And that is, of course, uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake, who still aren't being referred to as the Grizzled Young Vets. I don't no, get. No. Um, I don't know whether WWE are trying to cook up an actual tag team name. I think for it's because them. maybe they don't own that. That's yeah, why, you know. um, and of course then they were against Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven for uh, the right to become the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Weird saying them in uh, tights as well. Yes, the, the Bulldogs yeah. mm-hmm. uh, nod there. Um, very odd thing, this was again, this I think this was a couple of days after this show, Lance Storm sat down to watch the show and I caught a tweet and he says, why were, the, why were Mustache Mountain holding up the French flag? And I was going... What, excuse me sort of thing and then obviously anybody who knows anything they're from the black country and it's the black country flag with mm-hmm. like the what is it the chain on it as well as the different colours but I was like it's black white and red not yeah. blue white and red <laughs> maybe he's Lance. watching on black and white but TV but hey, hey ho um, I think he would have known by the tights you know because yeah. I would have thought the Bulldogs would have been uh, fairly synonymous in the history of wrestling for him to and it was nice for them to see a couple of moves to do with that as Absolutely, well the power yes. slam and then the diving headbutt which was very nice to see now I'm going to ask you going into this match who did you think was going to get the victory well I thought it was going to be Mustache Mountain really yeah I genuinely thought it was going to be uh, Gibson and Drake because it's one of those sort of things is that because everybody's like been so connected mm-hmm. with Mustache Mountain I just thought the more obvious thing to do would be to kind of pull the rug out and go, ah, oh, it's the bad guys. I didn't, I didn't mind that they won. Yeah. Um, let me just preface it that by saying that because I think, like we've talked about before, that Gibson is great in the ring, but he is absolute dynamite on the microphone. Yes. I've, I've, funnily enough, I was talking to Karen and I said, like, see if those were to separate, Zach Gibson will have a great career, but I think that James Drake is one who relies heavily with mm. somebody being with him. Yeah. It seems to be like uh an Xavier Woods is that he seems to always have to be with somebody, you know. Yeah. Um but I, I was happy that they won. Um but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that you kind of you're like, oh you kind of but it's one of those ones you're kinda of rooting for that team and then when it comes along and they win, you're like, Oh well you know what you know, but you're every near fall you're like Go, oh for God's sake And there were some re- ridiculous moves in this match and I'm not talking about like you say the homages to the Bulldogs mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff but like some of the stuff that like uh, Tyler and all did on the apron yeah whenever he was on was he on Gibson's shoulder and then somebody James Drake kind of jumped through and then he kind of spun round and then yeah, whacked on his neck and they're like some serious serious moves in this match and it was fantastic they had the crowd in the absolute palm of their hands oh they did yeah the entire time this yeah. match was going on um there was, I think, maybe a couple of hiccups throughout, but those are teething problems that are yeah. going to happen, especially considering it's their first proper live on the mm-hmm. network uh, UK show. And I'm not meaning that just in terms of the in-ring work. I'm talking about like, camera work as a wee bit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think kind of the ringside area they had to work with mm-hmm. was a bit tight. Because if you yeah. notice, the gap between the ring and the barriers was fairly close. Yeah. So a lot of those stuff that you notice when they did go to do the dives... Was that the entrance way? Yes, yeah. A lot of stuff was around there rather than being at the actual, um, at the actual apron or whatever, or near the barriers, like you say, at hard cam yeah. side or whatever. Before we crack on with this mm-hmm. as well, one th- thing is that what do you think of the commentary team to do with this? I like Nigel McGuinness, but the guy he commentates with is very—he seems very bland. 
to me. No, I, I get you completely. I um, still really enjoy the original UK Championship Tournament, which was Nigel and Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. Michael Cole gets a lot of stick and, you know, sometimes maybe rightfully so, but a lot of the time that's probably down to a certain VKM in his headset telling yeah. him things to say. Whereas it seems with Michael Cole, when he is away mm-hmm. from having Vince in his ear, he really works well yeah, uh, and does a great job. And I think him and McGuinness are a very, very good team. And that's something, again, to not divert away too quickly, but the Nigel McGuinness documentary that was yes, on the network as well. Very heartbreaking at t- was to watch. an absolutely amazing watch. But you get to see how much someone like Michael Cole was pulling for him. Yeah. And was like, I had him in mind the whole time for this sort mm-hmm. of thing. And you get to see that those, they're, I think there's big things for Nigel McGuinness. Especially whenever he's sitting with Ronaldo and they're looking and he's saying about Zach Gibson and they're saying about the parallels between the Shankly Gates yes. and the moves that he uses and it goes like, that's a nice homage to you. And you know, like, and he's pointing it out to McGuinness. Yeah. You know, like, it's not here, look at this. It's, He's getting yeah. pointed out to him. Nigel's being very Zach Gibson, Zach Gibson, Zach Gibson. Yeah. And Maro's going, you know, you know, give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is someone who's been inspired by you here. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you. I don't think the other guy is particularly bad or anything like oh, that. No, no, but no. he just seems a bit like what the, almost like the backstage announcers have become th- in terms of very generic. I think with Ronaldo, we get spoilt because mm-hmm. of how enthusiastic he is but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that no, I think absolutely. I think just with you saying that it's something that can be improved on I think you have a great um, play by play guy but you need to have a great person to lead it yes. and for me he doesn't really do it that much you know? this isn't this isn't again trying to come into the whole oh it's based in the UK it should only be UK guys because oh, no, obviously no. that's not the case you've got no, Tony but, Storm Rhea Ripley all these but other could people you, but could you imagine Regal and McGuinness absolutely that would be, I think that would be superb and Regal has the background he's yeah. one of the early NXT, NXT yeah. guys when it comes <laughs> to being on the booth <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think that would be that would be a great compliment but even if you were to figure out another British person to put on commentary mm-hmm. I think it would work really well just to have the 100% different voice yeah. Because uh-huh. that alone will grab people's attention, especially um, from the American side of things. Because yeah. that's you want this show to um, obviously connect with a UK audience, but you want people here tuning in from the states that aren't probably overly familiar with probably what eighty five ninety percent of the rest of the roster. Yeah. They've maybe they've obviously seen Tyler and Trent and Pete and those guys, but there's a lot of these guys they will not mm-hmm. be familiar with, and if you can hook them simply with obviously you have the ring announcer is there he's doing the whole one fall thing that you don't get on WWE TV anymore Mm -hmm. Um, but then if you had the announced team as well be that you might just have that different taste to get people hooked in I agree with you but yes that opening tag match was superb extremely happy with Gibson and Drake getting the victory because again I think Mustache Mountain are going to be fantastic foils in terms of the chase mm-hmm. after them not the tv show by the way folks i can see it being something that we don't have too much longer mm-hmm. i can see maybe trent seven stepping away and tyler bait because i think they're really keen on him and i think that he's going to be one of the young talents who gets pushed to the moon with him only being like 23 or 24 or whatever he is 
and just the size of his legs is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's it's getting scary watching Tyler Bate now. Uh, when you look back at footage of him from the first UK Championship tournament, mm-hmm. and he genuinely just looks like a child. Yeah, and you look at him now, and you're like. You are indeed a big, strong boy. You are. Uh, moving on then, and this was a real surprise on the show, mm-hmm. and that is, it was meant to be Travis Banks versus Jordan Devlin. I was so excited for this, and uh, then obviously what happened happened, attack. and I was like, oh. And then he's coming out limping out, and then he gets beat up, and then I, I like the fact that Sid Scala now is with, because I think Johnny Desperately Saint, needed. Desperately he's, needed. He's, like, you... You've got it. And you're yeah. like, oh my, it's like a child acting. It Actually, really is. going back to Johnny Saint, and I don't want to rag on him, he's an old man. Yeah. It's, it's understandable. We all get that way in the end sort of thing. Don't you dare um, make a joke. I'm not going <laughs> to. I wasn't actually for once. <laughs> um, when they did the whole, oh, here's the tag belts at the start of the tag match. Yeah. And Scala handed him the belts. And held him up. I thought he was going to like fall over backwards because he looked like he was seriously struggling to <laughs> like hold the belt up. Yeah, God love him. Like, but it is good, as you say, that they've got someone more maybe verbally yeah, suitable, just a bit more comfortable in the microphone. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, as we said, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin was meant to happen. There's a sneak attack. I don't know whether this is because Banks is legitimately hurt or whether it was just storyline because they thought. Right, we'll have a certain someone in the country. I think it was more storyline because then they're fighting uh, they're fighting next week together. Yeah. So I think it's maybe a case of whether he still had a niggling injury or maybe they just thought, well, you know, they've talked about this person often enough. So, And obviously, yes, we've already mentioned who won the tag match, but of course, spoilers, everybody, if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, but yes, Finn was over for the whole, here's the UK Performance Centre, yeah. as was Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find a more odd choice than maybe Finn uh, to be over there. But if you have that guy there, here's your ready-made yeah. story. Jordan Devlin, the uh, trainee of Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. And the match only went sort of just over 10 minutes, but it still, I thought, was a very enjoyable match. I thought Finn gave Devlin the absolute world in terms of getting an f- offense in. Yeah. Uh, he made Jordan look an absolute million bucks. This is the sort of match that if you turn around to someone like myself who's gone to OTT shows and said, oh, you're going to get this on an OTT show, you'd have lost your mind. Mm-hmm. So seeing it on WWE yeah. was ridiculous. And I think the good thing about this is this is a good thing that they could come back to in oh, a yeah, couple of years' yeah. time. You go, right, you know, I proved that I was on your level and you just beat me. Mm-hmm. And here we go, a couple of years down the line, whatever. Yeah. They have a rematch. Or it could, could also be a case of, well, it probably won't happen, but unless, say, Finn loses at the Rumble, which we're talking about in a minute, he enters into the Royal Rumble and then Jordan Devlin enters the Royal Rumble and eliminates Finn Balor. And then yes. again, that feud spirals out of there. Absolutely. But yeah, a real pleasant surprise, a nice one. And a very uh, enjoyable match as well. That was that was the only real thing from this show that had been spoiled on me All right. uh, before watching it. Um, because you know, during the breaks in the hockey, you know, you do a quick check on Twitter, see what the story is, you know, what's going on in the world. And I just caught Finn Balor and I was like, oh, right, okay, looking forward to that when I get <laughs> home. Um, after that... We'll probably won't talk about this too much because this is the match you said that you skipped was uh, Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis. 
for about a 10 minute match it did feel like it went on a bit for me mm-hmm. um i think when you look at the quality of the card overall and you see that match in there you're like realistically you probably could have took that match out yeah and maybe give the other matches a bit more time now mm-hmm. the tag match at the start got plenty got about 25 minutes yeah. uh the main I'll talk about the main when we get there. I was just like, wow, this is going some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe if you slipped maybe five more minutes. Yeah, you could have had a, a Liguero versus somebody match or yes. something like that. You could have had somebody else. Just like, even if you had like a quick, like the Coffee Brother, like um, Tag. Wolfgang uh, and the other Coffee yes. against, you know, say, um, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews just in a squash match yes. or something like that. And Joe Coffee comes out with him and then he goes like, no, it's up to me to prove, you know, like that we are. Absolutely, yeah. We say we are. Feed into who could potentially be the next guys yeah. mm-hmm. for the tag title hunt. Yeah. But um, there was some fun spots in it. There was the whole cannonball through the table spot and all, which was in there. That's pretty neat. I do find it particularly corny what they do with Mastiff. That when he starts... Stepping on camera, they shake the camera. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like you never did that with Earthquake. You didn't do that with Big Show. You didn't do that with Yokozuna. It just it feels straight out of like eighties wrestling. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it is. And I'm just like, mm, yeah. maybe dial that back ever so slightly. I do like the little homage he has with the attire to Vader. Mm-hmm. So he does in terms of the red and all on the front of his black outfit. But next up, then Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley. That's the one that got spoiled for me for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Uh, I thought that would have been the one that mm-hmm. was spoiled for you because obviously uh, he has quite a you know frequent working relationship yeah. with Tony. Helped her with her calendar and all this year, that sort of stuff. Um, I thought a good match. Mm-hmm. But like I said, with the whole Mastiff thing, I think maybe if this could have been given just a few more minutes, yeah. you could have just built to the finish a wee bit more because that's the only thing I kind of felt with this match was that I thought the pop was good at the end, mm-hmm. but I think it could have just been that wee bit more if they yeah. just done a few more couple of sequences. I think as well, whenever Tony Storm came out, because of obviously what she's been through and everything, you could see that the crowd were in her corner and you could see that she was getting emotionally... Oh, yeah. um, you know, she emotionally acknowledged that because you could see that she was kind of, you know, biting her bottom lip, kind of not yeah. to kind of break down about it. But uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a really enjoyable match. And again, it's one of those ones that with the likes of, say, some of the other UK women talent, like the Ginny and stuff, these are the ones who are great in the ring. And there's some of them that just need to have that little bit more polishing yeah. that, to be where these these women are. You know, you've got like uh, Ray Ripley who just looks like she could just tear up anyone, mm-hmm. you know, like or whatever. And Tony Storm, who's more the athletic one of the two. But I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the match and thought it was something that was entertaining. But like you say, it could have gone if they achieved some time off the Dave Master match and put it onto that. I think you would have got a bit more of a pop at the end, like you yeah. say. You know, um, I think maybe also I think the pop is affected by, and I, I've said it before, is I still don't think Tony doing the Tyler Driver, Tiger Driver, whatever you want to call it, as her finisher, mm-hmm. is a particularly strong finisher for her. No. She needs to do... Not, like in, ter- a- not in terms of her delivery of it or whatever, but I think for her character. Yeah. 
I think it just needs to be that something different. I think she needs to be something that she has that and then she moves into submission move after that. Because I know. think even if the Germans are a big part of her arsenal. Yeah. If she did some sort of German finisher. Like off the top turn buckle or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Something like that. I think that would be fantastic. Now, of course, we all know on the independence her finisher is a pile driver. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. No. In WWE, but argument can be made. Flipping Andrade and Ray on SmackDown oh, did like a Canadian Destroyer. Destroyer yeah. So what's the difference here, folks? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> They're dropping pile drivers and names all over the place. Like. But even, I don't know why they've stopped her doing her, uh, what was it, air raid crash onto the knee, mm-hmm. which was kind of her finisher for a good stretch of time there as well during the May Youngs. But either way, I'm happy to see her as the champion. Yeah. And I'll be very intrigued to see where it goes. It seems based on... The matches from the following weeks NXT UK, they could be looking to move Jenny up the card, yeah. mm-hmm. which, as a lot of UK wrestling fans will know, is a very heated rivalry between those two, mm-hmm. especially in progress. And then with her dropping the progress belt in December there, mm-hmm. so that frees that up. And then um, somebody, oh, the tag belts were dropped as well. I suppose actually before we move on, a uh, quick moment for uh, two people that were shown in the crowd around this time, and that is Kaylee Ray and Jazzy Gabbard. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, new signees. I was surprised by these two, to be brutally honest. Yeah, one of them looked like pink, just with the hair <laughs> and everything. Um, Jazzy Gabbard, aka Alpha Female. Um, oh, was that who that? Oh, so, so is that her from the first May Young. Young? Oh, the one that looked like. I always thought she looked like your woman. She looks from... a bit like Drago. Right, you know, okay. You know, yeah. uh-huh. Rocky esque, okay. you know, she looks like she could be this big crazy Russian. Yeah. Um, but there was talk that you know, because there was a lot of support behind her after the first May Young to get mm-hmm. signed. You know, a bit like Cedric Alexander was and Mia Yim was this time. Yeah. To get signed. But I think there were some concerns over her general well being of her neck and mm-hmm. things like that. So that's why I was surprised to see her here, but maybe it's because it's more reduced schedule. It's one set of tapings every yeah. while that they're like, you know what? Bring her in, use her NXT UK. That could be useful. She's even somebody who, if she finds it too hard going, she would be a great person to have in the likes of, say, a Ginny or somebody who's not great in the microphone. Her as Muscle. like, you know, like kind of like the Sid, the Kevin Nash to Shawn Michaels, you know, like that kind of bodyguard kind of thing because you wouldn't want to mess with that, you know? Yeah, and... Kaylee Ray, um, even though she, again, was also in the first May Young Classic, mm-hmm. I was slightly surprised because, of course, she's been heavily involved in the whole world of sport comeback yeah. here in the UK. And up until, like, two days ago was the world of sport women's champion. Obviously got dropped because now she's signed with mm-hmm. WWE. Um, and then there was rumours that WWE are after Viper as well. Okay. Viper Niven. Yeah. Uh, who... Won the belt from Kaylee Ray two days ago and then dropped it last night to be Priestley. So everybody's like, What's going on? Yeah. Um, but that's the same <clears> as Umana, <throat> whose name I can't pronounce. The one that starts with letter I. The one who fought Pete Dunn at Progress Wembley. Oh, Ilya Dragunov or something? I him, yeah, because yeah, apparently he's dropped out of a lot of indies, um, indies because he's. Signed for WWE now. And Which means like, we could see the very early formings of Ring Camp and 
WWE. Yeah, because you only have Timothy Thatcher, I think, to sign from that. And then yes, because Marcel Barthel yeah. um, is in NXT proper as well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's the potential there. You could have pretty strong style versus ring comp. Yeah, uh, there, which would be very intriguing. But main event time. 35 odd minutes. It's very rare that you see a WWE match now yeah. go this length of time. You could tell towards the end that Coffee was really blowing up. Um, now, the thing to do with the turnbuckles, whenever they were on top of the towards turnbuckle the end, and then yes. they fell out and then they went to do it again and again the same thing happened. Was that a botched spot or... Because I, 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 I don't know what had happened. I think... The second time, maybe that's what the spot was meant to be. All oh, right, with a pair of them landing the outside. But they both were to go to the oh, outside. Okay. The first time, a hundred percent. Yeah, that was a blown spot. Yeah. So it was the only other <clears throat> excuse me thing I thought that spot might have been is Pete has occasionally done Hurricane Rana mm-hmm. off the top ropes. So I thought initially, is he going for something like yeah. that, um, or was he going for like a belly to belly or something? He's done that as well off the top rope. But I think based on looking at it the second time, mm-hmm. I think maybe it was that was the intended spot was the both of them to yeah. go. But I think overall, uh, speaking of those that kind of spot section of the, the match, I think overall well recovered yeah. in a way because there'd be a lot of talent. You see it a lot in some of the women's matches and the less main roster experienced guys. That if a spot gets blown... They'll not do it again. It's kind of like, uh, do a few things and yeah. off they go. Yeah. Whereas Pete and Coffee here were able to kind of go, right, let's reassess this, do a few other things, mm-hmm. and then work our way back yeah. to the spot. Yeah. Try it again. If that was the intended outcome the second time or not, we'll never really know. But I think it looked convincing enough the second time. Mm-hmm. That you're like right, okay, you know, moving on. Yeah. Um, and then of course the finish of the match happened not too long thereafter. Do you th- did you think as well the more that this went on, the less in favor it was going for Dunn? See, and the whole build up to this with the way they've been like oh six hundred days yeah. title reign for being you know done. what the, you know what this reminded me of to a lesser extent, Undertaker in a streak was that you had somebody who was fighting him and you thought, there's no chance in hell that this guy's going to beat this guy. Yeah. You know, because of this here. When WWE start to mention numbers. how long someone has mm-hmm. been the champion, days, numbers, facts, history, you're usually fairly certain that they're going to lose yeah. that night. Though, going into this, I still genuinely, and this isn't against coffee, mm-hmm. or anything like that, but I would have been disappointed in him being the guy yeah. to dethrone Dunn. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have minded a couple of months ago if it had been Gibson oh, yeah, totally. to dethrone him. I thought I think he would have been a very good guy to do it. But I think now we've reached this sort of milestone of like 600 plus days. Mm-hmm. I think it just would have been a wee bit odd to go, right, Joe Coffey was the guy yeah. that, you know, stopped that. Mm-hmm. No offence to Coffey. No offence at all. He's, he's, he, I, think he did, he's, I think he's fantastic. He did, he did really well this in this was, match. This was by far mm-hmm. one of the, uh, his most enjoyable matches for me. Absolutely. But then I think that was a case of Dunn and his experience. Like you said, like we were saying about the turnbuckle thing. Was that they didn't panic. They went back to it eventually. But um, 
I kind of knew what was going to happen at the end. Oh, really? Did you? I kind of knew because I said to Karen, I was like, I have a funny feeling that what's going to happen at the end, well, I'll talk about it now, was that Pete Don is going to be, he's going to win and he's going to hardly be stand, he's hardly going to be stand and Walter's going to come out and completely obliterate him. Which I was kind of right, because then obviously... From a certain point of view. Yeah, all right, Obi. <laughs> um, you know, whenever he comes out and he just stands in front of Pete Dunn and then Coffee gets up in the apron and he just boots him and you can kind of just see him looking over his shoulders if they go and waiting for the sneak attack here. And then kind of just stand there with his arms kind of behind his back and then Pete Dunn doing his pose thing with a belt in his mouth. Um, were you surprised to see that? Obviously, we know that people have been signed and things like yes. that, which kind of spoils things, but we don't know whenever they're going to make a debut. Yeah. I knew there'd been serious talk that Walter had indeed mm-hmm. signed with WWE, but it was odd when watching this match, maybe it was just because I was so into the match. Yeah. That I just kind of was like... You know what else? Sorry. <clears throat> but, don't worry. You know the way it always comes up, like the logo at the end? I was just like, oh, he's not coming. Yeah. And I was near enough, I was about to turn it off, yeah. and then you just heard this music, and I was like, oh, hold on a minute. I think they did that on purpose. I think so. 100%. Because so. they did that before, if you remember when Champa turned on Gargano mm-hmm. in the DIY tag match, they put that wee symbol, copyright symbol or whatever it yeah. is, in the bottom right-hand corner, and then Champa came back. And attacked Gargano, threw him into the Tron, all that stuff happened. So it's very smart yeah. now the way oh, they're yeah. starting to use this because you just don't go, oh, right, that's it. Yeah. You know, the match is over. Yeah. But <clears throat> I do think I was enjoying this match enough that I just kind of forgot about it a bit. Mm-hmm. Now, I was actually more surprised, this is an odd thing to say, of the music. I was maybe not surprised that we were getting Walter. Mm-hmm. But that it was his actual music as well. Uh, yeah, I think because they can with the likes of classical music, mm-hmm. because obviously like say Daniel Bryan is you know uh, the Valkyries music is basically stuff that with the likes of say you know obviously Cody or Will Osprey they have their own music. Yes, so that's probably something that they've just went oh, okay. Whether they change it or whatever, because obviously whenever Goldberg first debuted. It was his WCW music, and then they kind of changed a bit. So whether they put the WWE spin on it or whatever, will happen. which I don't really want them to do. Like, look at Nakamura's music and how great that was. And then they obviously decide to put people singing over it. And you're like, no. But no, happy mm-hmm. to have Walter in there as a character now. Yeah. But <clears throat> I don't think he should go straight in against Don. Oh, I think this is going to be the first legitimate threat to Don, and obviously he'll beat Don for the belt. Oh, I'd say, but, yeah. I'd say he'll be the one. But right? I think it's, I think it's something that should be built up towards it. Yeah, you know, um, it would have been really interesting that once that match was over, if you saw Finn Balor come out mm. instead of Walter, and he left Walter for a bit, and Walter comes out, and then he just starts decimating, and then he works his way up rather than just going straight in to the title picture, like you say. But we'll see whether they do have Walter kind of work his way through, you know, the roster a bit before throwing him towards Dunn. Um, I think it was a nice way they did things with that, you know, it's just him and Dunn staring at each other. Yeah. And then kind of Coffee sneaks in the ring again and he boots Coffee <laughs> yeah. rather than it being a <clears throat> physical conflict between him and Dunn. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like boom, knock. Because that got the crowd going for Walter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because the crowd definitely was very, I would say, overall in the corner of Dunn in this. Yeah. Dunn is the guy, like, mm. you know, that the fans are behind. But yes, fantastic finish to the show. Um, I think the main event definitely has to go down as a favourite match off the actual show. Yeah, the first and the last match, like I say, were probably the best matches on the card. Not saying that the other ones weren't, but they were the strongest ones. Obviously, the ones you give them more time to are the ones that they get to tell a better story. But it depends on who you have in the ring. And obviously with them having two good people, two or four good people in the ring, that's what kind of made it good. Okay, Joe. One final thing then before we move on to uh, talk about kind of this coming weekend in Mm -hmm. wrestling and the Rumble and uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix. What would you rate this show overall out of 10? See, the thing for me is that... uh, Simon had said that this was one of the best shows that he'd watched. And whenever somebody says that, do you have high expectations? And as soon as somebody says that, like if I was to say to you, if I watched TakeOver before you do, and I go, oh my God, TakeOver was like the best TakeOver that I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God, this match, that match. (laughs) And then you watch it and go like, well, I actually prefer NXT Brooklyn or NXT London or whatever. It kind of makes it harder because then you have that high expectation. Absolutely. Um, So... It was good. I enjoyed what I watched. Um, in terms of the other NXT takeovers, it would kind of be in there, but it would be in the middle. You know, like There wasn't any matches that I was like, oh, 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 like the first match I really got into. And I always seem to find that with takeovers, the tag matches are always sometimes some of the best matches that we'll have, like with anything to do with Undisputed Era. Yeah. So, um, which we'll get onto in a minute. But, it was good, but I would probably rate it about a 7 or 8. I'd probably go for about 7.5. Okay. You know, a huge component of that definitely is the first and last matches. Yeah. Um, probably, you know, Finn versus Devlin and Tony versus Rhea Ripley. Very enjoyable matches yeah. also. Um, I do think the main component bringing it down is sort of that Mastiff and Dennis match. Mm-hmm. Not that it was a terrible match or anything like that, but you're like... When you look at takeover cards, yeah, and you you know compare this fairly with other takeovers, some people maybe would argue you can't do that. UK less talent, whatever. To be honest, the UK roster is getting massive at the way they're signing mm-hmm. people. It's getting massive, uh, hey. um, and you have to compare it fairly, really. Yeah, it is sort of as you say in that sort of mid pack of NXT takeovers because realistically there hasn't been an NXT takeover proper. Mm-hmm. That I've ever really been disappointed by. I think as well with NXT, it kind of seems to tell stories better mm-hmm. than the UK one. Because the only kind of confrontation we've had in any of this was probably to do with... Obviously, we've had some people before. What was probably Pete Dunne and Coffee with them... With them Coffee putting them through the table. Hey. It was like a coffee table. Oh, um, but the likes of that, you didn't really have that much after that, but... But from one NXT to another, we'll talk about NXT Phoenix, um, which obviously has quite a few decent matches on it. Um, one key question, the Alan, is will this NXT TakeOver outshine the Royal Rumble like the TakeOvers do with a lot of the um, WWE main events, as we'll put it? I think it probably will, to be brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably will, because most times... There is an NXT TakeOver alongside a... Well, it's usually one of the big four pay-per-views. Yeah. Uh, they always usually tend to line up the NXT TakeOver 
tends to steal the show mm-hmm. overall that entire weekend. Now, that's not to say that, you know, if you look at it, it's Royal Rumble weekend. Yeah. That there couldn't be a few surprises mm. on the Rumble pay-per-view itself. Be that entrance into the Rumble itself, whatever else happens on the show. But I think it mainly boils down to, and it's what I've just said a few moments ago, the overall quality of the show mm-hmm. from start to finish usually always goes takeovers way. Yeah. Because there's never been a takeover that disappoints, I feel. Oh, no. There's I... maybe been some that haven't been as good as others. Yeah, but you haven't finished watching it and gone, that was terrible. Or like, yeah. what did I watch that for? You know, I would never turn around and say, because there's the odd time, sometimes I would meet up with Chris Hill and watch these live, sometimes mm. not so much. Um, and there'd be the odd time where, say, we haven't, and Sunday's rolled around and he knows I've probably stayed up to watch it live, and he'll say, um, what did you think of the show? Is there anything in particular I should watch? He's done that with tons of different shows, like with New Japan, with Wrestle Kingdom there. He was like, Which any, I actually any, watched. Any matches you should check out. Yeah. And I would go, well, check out Jericho and Naito, the main event, and Osprey. Osprey. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of thing. Everything else, enjoyable enough, but if you have to watch them, yeah. watch these. Uh, whereas, I would never feel, with the NXT TakeOver, I would say, oh, only watch the first and the last match, yeah. or whatever sort of thing. Um, genuinely, usually I would be able to turn around and say, just sit down and watch the show, enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. go from there, really. And I think this uh, this show again has the potential to be an absolute uh, barn burner. Yeah. When it comes to it, but we'll have a quick talk through the matches. Sure. Because we talked tons about NXT UK, and I don't want to burn up too much more of people's time mm-hmm. uh, with uh, WWE specific stuff because there is a very uh, huge topic to talk about in the world of wrestling. So, uh, Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. Mm-hmm. They, of course, kind of had, well, it's hard to say a match uh, on the last TakeOver show because this was the, that was the one where like Matt Riddle knocked him out. And, like, Very much he did that with Trent Seven and Progress. I think it was Super Strong Style from 2017. Knocked him out in six seconds. So. so Very similar to that. So this is hopefully going to be our first kind no, of... No. Well, not first proper full-blown match because they did kind of have a match the yeah, other week. Yeah. Um, but properly on TakeOver... Mm. This is this is nearly as indie as it gets. Yes. Because these are two proper indie darlings. Uh, Chris Hero, formerly, now mm-hmm. Cassius Ono. Um, still doing the odd indie appearance, thanks to WWE, doing stepping into Evolve and stuff like that as well. Yeah, which I think Gargano did um, the other week. Yeah, absolutely. But this is going to be really interesting. I love the premise behind this in that, of course... Ono is the knockout artist that with his elbow and mm-hmm. stuff, whereas Matt Riddle could pretty much just knock you out with, yeah. with anything nearly. Yeah. Um, more so his knee than anything else. Um, I would like to see this get a decent amount of time. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, totally. I don't want it. I don't want it to be that it ends up with um, Ono going to do it with his elbow and then Riddle goes with the knee and they end up knocking each other out. You know, like I want to see it coming to. Either a submission or a pin finish. You know, yeah. like I wanted to see it come to that. Um, but I wanted it to last longer than six seconds. <laughs> but I think it's fair to say probably they'll give Riddle the win on this. So they will, um, with the way they've kind of been gearing it up. Yeah. Heading in towards this takeover with um, 
Cassius becoming the guy that's kind of like, I'm going to break all your new toys mm-hmm. and uh, stuff. Next up then, which this this match could just blow people's minds, really, this uh, this show, that is Ricochet versus Gargano that for so the North American Championship. It, that was kind of something that came out of nowhere, really. Um, it was something that I didn't really expect to see. But I love the fact that we're not getting rehashed. Like, there's a couple of matches on this, which we've seen before. But I like the fact that they're putting... I don't really get or uh, want Gargano's character to go the way he's going. Um, I like them as a babyface, and at the minute, I kind of think that they've kind of mucked up the character a little bit. No, I'd, I'd agree. I do think that the Gargano character... This, well... This time last year, the Gargano character was basically everybody saying it's the second coming of Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know, he was that red hot of a baby face. And then I think with the way things went, um, you know, through the story with Champa. Yeah, and Alistair Black as well. They kind of steered him around into a dead end. Yeah. Where you're like, right, he's beat up Black backstage and all that mm. stuff as well. What else is there to do with him than kind of make him now ride that line? Yeah. And probably, you'd probably consider him a tweener right now because they very much in recent TV been like, what happened in the cage was a one-off, you know, I'm not friends with yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you sort of thing, I yeah. still think you're a piece of trash. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, But the I thought the in-ring segment that happened uh last couple of weeks ago, I think on NXT, I'm trying to get my dates right in my head. Yeah, it was last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, Gargano and Ricochet was really enjoyable. Yeah, and you had of course the dynamic of Black and Champa thrown in there as well. Mm-hmm. And Gargano's basically just like, "You go away." Yeah, sort of thing. And then super kicking uh, Ricochet. This is this is people people are going to laugh at this. Ricochet's shirt really did my head in <laughs> because it had like a wee floral design yeah. on the collar. But there was three on one side and two on the other. It wasn't even. Oh dear. I don't know why. It's a bit odd. <laughs> it probably has meaning behind it, and people will probably be like, "Oh, you silly guy! You don't you don't understand the meaning behind this shirt." But I was just like, "Why isn't it the same?" <laughs> sort of. But this match could absolutely blow everybody's minds. You think back to the likes of the spot last year with Ricochet and Adam Cole. Yeah. Where like Ricochet's like doing the springboard kind of moonsault back towards Adam Cole and then Adam Cole super kicks him. Or the <clears throat> spot with him and Velveteen Dream where he's Velveteen Dream's on the ramp and he kind of flips over the rope and lands right in front of the dream and he's like Yeah. You know, like so the possibilities are endless and I think that this for me is gonna be the match of the night. I think it could be match of the weekend. It has uh, the potential to yeah, be. Yeah, well that that's true, <clears throat> yeah. And that's one thing that's scary is because again because you think that, you expect that. Yeah. And then if they don't deliver, then you're like, <clears throat> but I think they will deliver because they're two amazing talents, and which I'm, I think will blend together. And I'm going to say here, I think there's the potential for a title change. I think Gargano could win the belt here. From yeah. Ricochet. Yeah. Um, I think he needs, <clears throat> I think if he doesn't, I think if he doesn't win this, he will then try to get somebody to team with him and then he'll go after the tag team belts then. If, Undisputed Era lose and Warriors win. I could see him getting somebody like I'm surprised they haven't done more with Punishment Martinez to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I could see him going like he's my tag team partner and I. 
and then them going after the belts because you could say this is where I started this is where I need to be now is with a better tag team partner and then seeing if he does that if he doesn't win this belt yeah next match then uh, is the tag as you just mentioned there War Raiders versus uh, the Undisputed Era goodness knows who we're actually going to get in this match in terms of Undisputed Era don't know whether it's been 100% concrete firmed whether they're doing Freebird or okay. whether there is going to be two people 100% nailed on to be in the match. Yeah. Because, uh, of course, you could have Bobby, you could have Roderick, you could have Kyle O'Reilly mm-hmm. in there. You could have Adam Cole, really. So Because uh, he doesn't have a match. So he doesn't have a match, so it could be any of them. Yeah. Uh, could be in for this match, which, again, then creates that mystique and interest towards the matches. Which two will go? I think that it's going to be... Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong and I think this has been coming for a while now and I think that if they lose the belts this will be something that I've either said that two people will get kicked out of the undisputed area and it'll be Roderick Strong or it'll be Adam Cole right I think Adam Cole because I think he's destined for better things as a single wrestler not that he's not good as part of that faction but if you notice every time they come out it's the three of them are wearing undisputed era t-shirts and he's wearing an Adam Cole t-shirt yeah so it's very much that they'll and say... And what's the entrance all about? Yeah. Adam Cole. So whether they say, like, it's not about you, it's about us. And then they kind of turn on him. And then mm-hmm. he becomes a single wrestler then. I could get that. Like, looking at the site I'm looking at, it does have down here O'Reilly and Strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that could be just because they were the guys who won the belts yeah. originally. Because we haven't really seen Bobby Fish do that much since... War Games. War Games, yeah. Um... It's intriguing to see where... I think this takeover has the potential to have three title changes. I don't see Champa dropping the belt yet. No, I don't. Um, we'll get to the women shortly. But as I said, I could see Gargano winning the North American. I could see the Raiders potentially winning the tag belts mm-hmm. here from Undisputed. It can go either way. Of course, <laughs> silly, wow. silly silly, thing to say, Alan. Wow, way, way to sit in the fence right, there. Right the fence there, Alan. Um <laughs> I could see them doing a potentially an undisputed era call up, but there has been talk that there's nothing to that at the minute. You know yeah. that they're happy with them as is, but it's a year since. Um, but then Triple H has said that not every person who's on NXT will get called up to the main roster. Yeah. So I think whether like said Gargano, he will stay at NXT because I think if he goes up to WWE, he'll get lost. He'll, be, he'll re- end up in two five. I'm really really scared for what they do with EC3. Like the first time oh, we see him on TV, he's putting his behind Samoa Joe. Right, okay. But, um, yeah, if they lose the belts here, I could see them getting their call up. Yeah. But I would like to see, because they have kept touting in promos that this will be the year of the Undisputed Era. This mm-hmm. will be the year the Undisputed Era wins all the gold. Yeah. So I would like to see it. Have O'Reilly and Strong remain the tag champs. Yeah. Have Bobby Fish go after, go after the North American. And then have Adam Cole go after Alistair Black. Yeah. Have Champa retain the belt. Or Champa, sorry. Champa retain the belt. Yeah. And then have Adam Cole enter into the fray. Yeah. And move up towards the NXT title. Because that would be a nice accolade to have. Because, of course, North American Championship is fairly new in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. it all here in NXT. There's been no one to hold both singles titles yet. Yeah. In NXT. Yeah. You know, a singles Grand Slam at least champion in NXT. So you could have Adam Cole be the first to hold both the North American and NXT titles at a point. 
Yeah, on, unless career. whenever, like you say, they come to the ring, and then Adam Cole has the belt because then he's a tag champion as yes. well. So then he's a tag champion North, so he could be the first person to hold all three. Yeah, so, under Freebird, you could yeah. claim he is a yeah. mm-hmm. tag team yeah. champion because he did. Um, what was it in their first tag reign before? You know the way they did the quick flip flop with Mustache Mountain. Yeah, uh-huh. he did double duty on a takeover. Remember? That's right. Yeah, was wasn't it the latter? Wasn't it the latter one? Yes. With the, yeah, that he did that's double whenever duty. His ribs were yeah. busted up. So he's technically defended the tag belt. So you have to claim then he has been a tag yeah. champion. Mm-hmm. So he could be the first NXT Grand Slam champion then yeah. in that regard. Be a nice athlete to have. Um, this is one I'm like, hmm. Baszler versus Belair for the women's. <sighs> and they're going very heavy on Belair is undefeated. Yeah. And I'm doing yeah. quotation Und- marks here, everybody. Ted. Uh, and the fan, the fans, some of the fans responding saying overrated. I really um, don't understand why they didn't call her the Princess of Belair. I really don't understand well, that. You never know, it could still come. It could mm. be the sort of thing that Vince would go, Do you know what we're going to call her? A princess of Belair. Yeah, and he'll think he's absolutely hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they're going heavily on this whole, oh, she's undefeated, except in, I think it was like May Young qualifiers, in a fatal four-way once, and a battle <laughs> royal once, and stuff wow. like that. using the Goldberg rules there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but this is, I could see the title change again here. I don't think... She is somebody who is very believable as a champion, to be honest with you. I think that if they were to put somebody else in, like, I would have loved to see, oh, God, Candace, or you want Larray? Candace Larray. Yeah, her. I'd like Mrs. to see. Gar- Mrs. Gargano. I'd like to see her challenge for it. I, or, she's kind of disappeared off the face of the yeah, NXT as well. I would have said Lacey Evans, but then she got called up. Yes. And then there isn't really that other, that many other women there. That, and Dakota Kai's hurt. Yeah. Tegan Knox is hurt. Yeah. You know, these sort of ones that you would have been like straight out of the May Young that would have were established names. You've got Io Shirai there. Yeah. Who's a big name coming out of uh, the May Young. And of course, you've still got Kyrie Sane, but again, she's kind of taken a bit of a backseat. She's had like a tag match pretty much. In recent weeks, but that's about it. But Belair probably is the one they've kind of put on that meteoric rise, just mm-hmm. as in push her to the moon. And I can see it being that the other two with Baszler interfere and Belair wins. Yeah, but wins by DQ. I can see. Effort. I could see again, and I know we've said it about the tag, but I think it won't be long before we see the trigger pulled on Baszler coming up and potentially aligning with Rousey or something yeah, like yeah, that. If, could, they, if they feel the need to tweak the Rousey character just so much yeah. heading into Mania season or whatever it may be. Because they're already doing those sort of horsewomen versus yeah, horsewomen. it's like, you know, like four horsewomen. But even Rhonda had put up that she's fought all of them and it was like, you know, like, and then it was like, um, Sasha, you're next. So she only has to really fight. She's already fought. Has she fought Bailey singly? I can't remember. Because whether she does that and then she'll say that she's knocked them all out, but then how are you going to get them to align? Because, like, obviously Becky is at, like, such a high point in her career and Charlotte's not far behind, and then they don't seem to know what they're doing with Bailey and Sasha Banks. Aye, there's a good chance they're going to go into the tag title match at yeah. Elimination Chamber, but um, whether they'll be the winners of that or not is another thing altogether. But, no, I could see Belair winning this, I think she's going to win by DQ. I don't think she's going to win the belt. Okay. To be honest. Okay. We shall see. Okay. Uh, main event then. Champa versus Black. 
potential to be a very, very enjoyable match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it would be unnecessary to take the belt off Champa. I didn't enjoy Black's run as the NXT champion. Um, I thought he was very... Whenever you had the likes of, say, you know... Um, like, whenever you've had the likes of, say, Drew McIntyre, you've had the likes of... Andrade. Yeah, you've had the likes of him. You've had the likes of, say, Seth Rollins. You've had Kevin... You know, like, you've had so many different people. For me, Alistair Black... Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Yeah. Whenever you had Alistair Black, it was just very much... Right. You don't fade the black. Whenever he was fighting somebody, say, like, Lars Sullivan, that match just, like... That was something that... That was something that... I can understand what they're doing is that they're going to try and make him that he's going to be like the Shawn Michaels where, or Bret Hart where he's fighting all shapes and sizes and he's defending against everyone. But no matter who he was against, I'd be like, I really hope he takes the belt off them. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the thing is that with Champa, Champa is such a loathed heel and he's so good. One of the big mistakes I did was giving him music, in my opinion. I think whenever he just came out and you just heard the chorus of booze, was music enough? And plus the fact that the music now is like, oh, Taz is coming out. I know. Oh, no, it's not. Even if they were to have left it, like, you know, if you wanted to give him music, give him music. But even just flash up his Tron first yeah. with just Champa. Yeah. And have him walk out first. Yeah. Let those boos hit. And then just bring the music up yeah, slowly he or even just, He even goes like that and clicks his fingers. And then the music plays for them to drown the booze out. Yeah. And you just hear him. You just see him stand there just... Listening to his music. But no, I do think Black is better again as one of these guys that chases. Yes, oh, totally. I would again, totally agree with you. Going there. back to that segment with Ricochet and Gargano, where Champa and Black got involved, mm-hmm. and you know, the lights go out, boom, and Black's on the Titan Tron first, says his bit, lights go out again, and boom, he's on the ramp. Yeah. And starts beating the holy hell out of uh, Champa. Those aren't kind of things you can do. Well, you can, but I don't think they would have as much impact. As the champ, yeah, you're beating up his challenger because you're just like, okay, you're just beating up the guy, yeah. Whereas him being the guy going after the belt and Champa, as you say, being the absolute loathed individual he is, you're like, oh yeah, that's a cool spot, you know, it's a cool moment like that, you know, mm-hmm. keep that sort of thing going. Um, they're obviously still playing very much on the supernatural stuff with Black, yeah. Whether they're going to be pushing that a wee bit heavier as they go, but. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I still just have to say that I think Champa has to walk out with the belt. Are you surprised as well that there is no Velveteen Dream match on this card? That's fair. That is fair to say. Um, he's another one that's been on the whole quiet. Yeah. When it comes to just NXT in general, whether he's going to be injury or not. Mm-hmm. Um, because usually I try to keep a track of like the house shows that they're doing around Florida. Yeah. And I don't think his name's been popping up too much. He did, he did like that promo thing to do with like 2019 being the year of the dream and that kind of yes. thing, which was good. You know, like because we hadn't seen him for that long, it's like, oh, okay, well, where is he? And then you see that and it's like, so whether it'd be a couple of weeks and then, because I think he's one that is, he's one that's starting to grow on me. You know, like, and especially with him wearing the Hogan gear and stuff oh, like right. that. You know, whenever he says, you ask Triple H about the dream, you ask Hogan, you ask Cena, you know, like and all this here and, he believes his own hype and he's living the dream, so to speak. But um, he is one that um, I'm looking forward to seeing again. Whether it's somebody that we maybe see in the Royal Rumble, which we'll talk about right now. 
So January time obviously means Royal Rumble time, the road to WrestleMania, where you get many plots and twists and there's going to be this main event or this main event or this main event. We obviously have returning superstars and one question I have for you, Alan, is, is the Royal Rumble still enjoyable with the likes of, say, in years gone past, whenever Batista returned, won the Royal Rumble and then got so much backlash for, that was before WrestleMania 30, that they had to add Daniel Bryan to the mix um, with the likes of, say, Nakamura, who won last year's Royal Rumble and looks like he'll probably be in the pre-show of this Royal Rumble. Um, what are your thoughts oh, on... Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um... I think up until last year's Rumble, things had become very formulaic. The Rumble was slowly but surely for me starting to lose its shine. It's becoming too predictable. Yeah. And that was the one beauty of the Royal Rumble was that it had surprises and it was unpredictable. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think last year's, the one that Nakamura won, has probably been the best Rumble overall for a good few years mm-hmm. it kind of brought back that you know oh there's a guy in there we really want to win yes go for it you know and most fans got what they want you know yeah. they got a near face winning the rumble and going to wrestlemania what came after however <laughs> is another thing altogether mm-hmm. but when you look at it am i as excited for the rumble as i have been Moons, many moons ago, mm-hmm. probably not so much. Um, if, for example, Nakamura had went on, won the belt from AJ at WrestleMania and had a pretty good run. If he had the kind of run that AJ had had. <clears throat> exactly. Um, maybe in terms of length, maybe not in terms of quality of opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a slight on Samoa Joe and all. It's just that he only had like three challengers for an entire year of his run. Yep. Um but if Nakamura had went on, won the belt, had a decent run, I'd maybe be sitting here feeling slightly different because I felt, well, the winner of last year's got a good run at things. They, you know, won it, they achieved, they got their prize, and they ran with the ball. Whereas completely Nakamura's character or whatever they did with Nakamura just fell flat on its face. Mm-hmm. He was basically used as cannon fodder against AJ. Yeah. AJ beating him time after time after time. I think Nakamura got an odd win on SmackDown or something like that. Um, that shit off, off Nakamura was shipped to the mid-card. And again, a reasonably unforgettable United States title reign yes. later. So yes, to answer your question, not dying with an anticipation over the Rumble this coming weekend. It's always been a pay-per-view that I'm intrigued because it is, it's cliche to say it, it is the start of that road to WrestleMania. You know that if WWE is going to get better, mm-hmm. it will be this sort of time frame on now yeah. where things should gather pace, should get a bit better for that run into WrestleMania. Do I think we're going to get that surprising of a winner this year? Probably not, but I know we're going to talk about who we think is the winner shortly. Yes. But what about you? What are your feelings on the Rumble? Um, it is one of those ones that you're kind of looking at and you're going like right okay I have a funny feeling that well okay I'm going to put my head head on the line here and say that it's a probably a strong possibility that Braun Strowman is going to win the Rumble that was my exact thoughts also okay and that's the thing is that you shouldn't be able to predict who's going to win the Royal Rumble yeah the likes of the Women's Royal Rumble I think Becky Lynch is going to win it I would very much hope so okay absolutely so we're, we're very on the same okay. page well here's but that's, but that's the difference there that is a pre- 
predictable potential mm-hmm. that you'd be happy with. Yeah. Would you be happy enough with Strowman, or no. or you're just like it would be much of a okay? Well, here's you. here's a different question for you then. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to touch on this, and then we'll move on because I don't want to be here too long. With Thanks, predict- I enjoy your company too, Chris. I know, but I don't <laughs> want to bore the listeners too much. But we've talked about who we're going to win. In each Royal Rumble, who for you is going to be the marathon man slash woman? Right, okay, well, funnily enough you ask that, I have who is currently announced for their respective Rumbles okay. in front of me. Uh, I think only about half the men have been announced here at this moment in time. <laughs> so it doesn't give us much to go by. But the officially announced people are R-Truth, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kofi, Xavier, Seth, Jeff, Dean Ambrose, Bobby Lashley, Samoa Joe, John Cena, Elias, uh, Baron Corbin, Jinder Mahal, Apollo Crews, Andrade, Mustafa Ali, Rey Mysterio. Um, and people are trying to say CM Punk, but no. You might as well just say, you know, like it's going to be Kenny Omega as well, but it'll probably be, end up being Kenny Dexter or something. Probably. Um, out of those guys, I could probably see Seth going a good distance. You see, I'd say Seth, but I think one of the things that they're going to do is I think they're going to do something big with Andrade. I think so, considering what has been happening recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing I hope they don't pile drive into the ground. Yeah, I don't want... Because I... this week's Smackdown, they're doing a two out of three falls with Ray, mm-hmm. And you're like, here's the thing you enjoyed last week. Yeah. Going to do it again and again. And longer. But um, Andrade had a good run in last year's Rumble Mm -hmm. but this would be a brilliant one to if you had him in sort of your last four yeah or something like that um Elias is another potential I think Elias is one that uh, he'd be an outsider I don't watch Raw that much but he's one that I've seen on Raw a lot but I haven't seen him fight an awful lot Mm -hmm. you know like I've seen him against Cena and things like that and that's been about it really so, um, but yeah, I do think when you look at the men's, for me, it comes down to Braun Strowman, and I know there's probably loads of people there on the other end of listening to this podcast going, but he's been pulled from the title match versus Brock because he's still actually kind of hurt. But if you think of this, if you compare the Rumble to a one-on-one match with Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. See the way I even did the wee pause there? I did, yeah. I did that subconsciously. With Brock uh, Lesnar. We all know what Brock is like. Yeah. He has a tendency to be very physical in his and matches. And plus the fact he says that he works better with people who are smaller than him. That's very true. I think that if you look at a singles match with Brock, that would be a lot more physical, a lot more tolling. Greater chance of Braun hurting himself mm-hmm. with... The arm or elbow injury, whatever yeah, you it was. Put in, you put him in that lucky number 27 or whatever, he doesn't have that much 100%. to do. You put him in last five minutes, ten yeah. minutes of that rumble, he can very easily protect himself. He doesn't have to take a serious bump or anything like that. Whereas no. if you're in a one-on-one match with Brock, you're going to have to take bumps. Yeah. Numerous bumps. Numerous suplexes. Whereas if you're Braun, you know, you can do Braun things. You can have all the guys pile up onto him yeah. in the corner and he can do his whole push out and everybody goes flying. Those sort of things... And then he can eventually get the win easy peasy without even hitting the mat. Mm. So he can. Because I think that's maybe going to be their twist. Is they painted themselves into a corner where they were like, oh right, Braun's in this title match, but we want Brock to be champion to WrestleMania again. Yeah. Um, but we don't want Braun to lose again. Yeah. And he's still a wee bit hurt, so how do we get him out of this? Oh, he flipped Vince McMahon's limo, so 
you've lost your title to opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that quite funny because it was Steph who gave him it, and it's Vince who took it from him. Oh. Um, in storyline, but yes, I very much agree that I think it's going to be Braun Owen the men's. Becky is obviously in a title match against Asuka for the SmackDown. I think this is a good opportunity to screw Becky out of her title chance. I reckon what they'll do is she'll lose to Asuka and somebody like, say, a Mickey James or somebody is going to... You know what they did with... Um, was it Spike Dudley once? And um, McFoley beat him up and then he went to the ring to beat up on Randy Orton. I can see that happen. I can see her just beating... In fact, I can see her beating the crap out of Nia Jax. Right. And Nia Jax going to the ring and her beating the crap out of her and then her going to the ring in her place. But yeah, I can definitely see Becky in some situation where she doesn't win the belt from Asuka. Mm -hmm. Screw finish, whatever it may be. But Becky somehow finds her way into that women's rumble. Yeah. And if I was WWE, I wouldn't show a backstage segment of her beating somebody up and taking another spot or whatever, I would just keep it a mystery. Okay. A bit like a positive version of what you mentioned with the whole Daniel Bryan thing the year Batista won it. Mm-hmm. Number 30 was coming, everybody's dead excited, and oh, it's Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. um, and there was booze everywhere. If you did that the opposite way and had like Becky come out in those later numbers... Mm-hmm. Place would go nuts. But that's the thing is that will WWE have learned from past mistakes? But anyway, we'll go into the women's one quickly and then we'll talk about Yeah, so the women currently announced now this is a thing that is happening later today as we record. From twelve PM Eastern time, apparently they're gonna announce a new woman every half hour. Okay. So whether they're gonna announce the whole amount of people that are in the women's match or they're gonna keep a few as a surprise. Yeah. But currently, again, there's only about half of the Rumble announced. We've got Carmella, Ember Moon, Natalia Bailey, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose, Sonia Deville, Alicia Fox, Selena Vega, Naomi, Mickey James, Billy Kay, and Peyton Royce are all in there. Now, I think it's fair to say you can expect the likes of Charlotte, um, Charlotte and all to pop in there. Um, that would be a very good thing if Charlotte somehow accidentally cost... Becky or moment or something, and she took Charlotte's place. Mm. That would be interesting. But, um, and of course, Sasha's not in this because she's in the title match with Ronda. Yeah. Which I think will be an interesting and fun match. Um, but out of currently who's there, Chris, is there anybody you could see that wins, logically? Your big <laughs> ones in there potentially could be Ember Moon as an outsider. There's Bailey, there's the Riots. Carmella um, as well. Carmella's there. She's number 30. Yeah, same as our truth So she is. I forgot about that. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. But really, out of the other names that are there... The only other one, other one I can think of would be Natalia. That's a potential, like... But again, this is the thought, is this is who's meant to be going to WrestleMania to yeah, face the champion. exactly. So it really has to be Becky. Mm-hmm. To spice up. There's talk that they're thinking of a triple threat with her and Charlotte. Why do they always feel they have to sandwich Charlotte into it? Um, but yeah, I think realistically it has to be Becky. Okay. Well, we're going to move on from the WWE bubble and talk about another organization which is newly formed that has another three letters. And that's TNA. Or I mean WCW. I mean NWO. I mean, no, hold on. A-E-W, that's right. Ah, Sorry. that's the one. And that is, uh, three letters, ah-ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's not like the wee small batteries. Uh, but yes, A-E-W, 
<laughs> I like that one. <laughs> AEW, which is obviously formed now by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Alongside um, the, the Khan family. Yes, exactly. So uh, lots of money being plied in with uh, WWE apparently now saying it almost sounds like price matching or whatever. You source the contract and we'll match it and probably give you a bit more money as well. So been rumoured for some time. What did you expect from this, Alan? Um, well, obviously the the Bucks and Cody and all on their YouTube channel uh, have been teasing something fairly big was coming mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of months. You know that their contracts with ROH and New Japan and all those sort of things were coming to an end at the end of sort of twenty eighteen, and come January they would be free to do whatever they wish. Yep. Um, now. There'd been things leaking out there onto the web of certain trademarks happening and all. Um, But you weren't 100% sure whether it was going to be 100% a new wrestling company or Mm. just other things for like their production company that would be in charge of any future shows that they decided to do themselves from that point forward. So I think it was a pleasant surprise when everything kind of came together and was kind of it did kind of come out a bit before this press conference and all that happened um that it was indeed going to be an actual full blown mm-hmm. company and a lot of the stuff that was said in like the press releases before the co- news conference that happened are saying very positive things yeah that uh fans that have been long time wrestling fans want to hear uh, when it comes to wrestling, you know, having that competition, having wins mean things, and you know the championships mean things, and again, just having the, some of the best wrestling you can possibly have on TV, and simply just having competition. Yeah, there, and that's definitely something that uh, AEW is going to have the potential to be. Oh, I I agree. Um, it's something I will talk on towards the end. Um, so did you watch the press conference? And what did you think of the signings? That um, a few of them were very, oh, I didn't expect that. Absolutely. Um, I thought the press conference was pretty good. There were some issues throughout. But again, it's much like with uh, NXT UK TakeOver. These things are to be expected. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the first things that, you know, they're all doing. They're all getting used to it. You know, I think the stream kind of cut out just before it was really about to start at one point, but it came back fairly quickly, so it did. Um, there's plenty of pyro. Yeah, um, more pyro than WWE had I think last year. the one thing that it was really lacking in the conference was their mics that they were using for the wrestlers coming out and doing their chit-chat mm-hmm. and whatever were grand, but they really lacked atmosphere mics yeah, you, you couldn't hear the crowd at all whereas if you go and watch videos from their youtube channel and other people who were there mm-hmm. when people when they're doing their stuff on the mic you can hear the crowd reacting yeah reasonably well yeah whereas on <laughs> on the microphone on the stream you're sitting there and someone says something that you're like yeah that would get a good response from the crowd and it just feels dead mm-hmm. and you're like oh this feels awkward or you feel kind of like that very low down in the audio mix yeah like background noise of like, that yeah. sounds like a crowd sort of thing. It could be two people in the yeah. front, you know, clapping yes, their hands. Um, but yeah, there was definitely some surprising things that happened during this press conference. Of course, they announced their second show. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Um, but 
I think one for me that was a really nice one was uh, Pack mm-hmm. uh, be in there. And it seems like that's going to be a feud that's going to be starting out as him and Hangman. Yes. Is going to be uh, going into their next major show that's going to happen, which I think that's that's the potential to be a very enjoyable match. I think so, yeah. Because um, Hangman is like Pack, and he just does a lot of flippy stuff. Um, I wasn't expecting... I say I wasn't expecting, but the guy was on all in, mm-hmm. so I really probably shouldn't be surprised, and that's Joey Janela being there with Penelope Ford. Because um, there's rumours they went their separate ways before this um, in unceremonious uh, circumstances. But he's going to be a heck of a character to have in there because his match with Hangman at All In was, um, you know, that sort of hardcore, different style match. I've seen him wrestle before for OTT in a hardcore style match. The man's insane. Uh, so he is, he like tombstoned uh, Martina through a table and the table didn't break and it was pretty nasty and there was tacks and everything everywhere Uh, then of course uh, I suppose the biggest one there is Jericho Mm -hmm. what did you think of Jericho turning up did you think it was going to happen it it wasn't something I really thought about to be honest with you because Jericho had publicly said that he wouldn't work with any other organisation in America that's not WWE so obviously, then he said about that it's nothing to do with money, but then he said that the contract was one of the best he'd ever had. So obviously, that's like you know Kevin double, Nash. Double standards. That's like bit. Kevin Nash and Vince McMahon. I'm not going anywhere. Then some WCW, you know, like because they had a handshake and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, the pack one surprised me. I thought there would have been some other women. Like I, yeah. I expected like a Tesha Blanchard or something like that to. Because officially, as of recording, there are only technically three women yeah. signed, and that is Brandy, uh, Britt Baker, and Penelope Ford. Mm-hmm. And Penelope Ford, excuse my ignorance, I could potentially be way off, you know, the you know field here. But based on having seen her at all in, it seems she's more of a manager. That yeah, gets she's physical, more, more of a valet kind of thing. Yeah. So she has. Brandy, of course, is very much into the wrestling now. So there's only really her and Britt mm-hmm. at the minute that seem to be the women. There's obviously serious talk that um, formerly Emma to Neil Dashwood's going to get yeah. signed and stuff like that. But I would like to have seen, as you say, a couple more kind of women mentioned in there. A lot of female wrestlers out there at the minute are seriously, I think, in major discussions between both AEW yeah. and WWE. Well, just speaking of WWE, um, I don't know if this flashed up on your phone or whatever, but I was taking you're familiar with Shane Strickland. Yes. Apparently he's granted his release from that MLW company. Yes. Looks like OTT show could be one of his last indie appearances. He's expected to debut at a takeover. Yeah, so. I, I saw rumours that he was potentially going to go. I think it was he was mentioned alongside... Uh, your boy Dragonov, mm-hmm. uh, as well as being a potential. He, I've seen him a few times on OTT shows. He's really, really enjoyable. His entrance song is one song that won't be showing up mm-hmm. uh, in like WWE. <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, there's the big thing that's kind of been touted as well of this whole equal pay thing. Yeah, with AEW, uh, Brandy went on to kind of clarify it a bit clearer because everybody's going, well, you can't have an entrance level female be on yeah. the same money as a main event fella or a main event woman yeah. you know or whatever it may be but i think what 
she came out and you know clarified in that right if it's an entry level woman mm-hmm. she will be on the same as an entry level guy yeah and if it's a mid card woman she'll be on the same as a mid card guy and so on and so forth mm-hmm. as you go up on the card and then there was also kind of hints that Cody's going to be trying his best to sort healthcare. Yeah, because then he said about, you know, the half the gate from Double or Nothing was going to, like, gun victims or something like yes. that. Which, again, was a nice touch and something that you don't really expect. Very much like Crystal Palace um, football team, soccer team over here, opening their gates to people who are homeless and giving them breakfast if the temperatures drop Absolutely. below um, freezing, which is something that it's not expected, but it's something that's nice for them to do. Um, obviously, there's so many... So much talking about Kenny Omega and whether he's going to go to WWE. He won't be in the Royal Rumble because his contract doesn't end with New Japan until January 31st. So don't expect Kenny Omega to be at the Royal Rumble because it won't. Stab me in the heart, Chris. It will not happen. Stab me in the heart. Do you think that because of his friendship with Cody and the Young Bucks that it's only a matter of time before he signs with AEW? And I think it's maybe March or April, the Marty Skrulls contract ends um so with the likes of him i think it's only a matter of time before he actually signs with aew i think it's because with their being the elite show that they've said that they're all going to stick together um so i think it's only a matter of time before we get them all together rather than um it's just going to be cody and the young bucks and then marty being left in um ring of honor which he's part of a different kind of faction now um, I don't know if you've seen the people that he's with, but it's like, uh, I don't know if they Oh, know. isn't that like um, Villains Enterprises or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, which I kind of get what they're going with, but at the same time, it's like, why can't you just let him? Because he's still to have a title match as well. He won oh, Survival of the Fittest, I think it was, and he's due a title shot. So Dalton Castle already had his and he lost, and I think... Um, Oh, Matt Taven has to have his, and then Marty Skull has to have his as well. So you have a quite few there. So, who do you who do you expect to sign with AEW? Who would you like to see sign? You were speaking of Kenny, and this is is this is one of the things I do think in the end Kenny is going to sign with AEW. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he is going to let his contract with New Japan run out. Um, and looked at sign over here. Now there's been, as we've mentioned, with this all going on, there's been serious money getting thrown around by WWE. I was just looking up there because there was a tweet I was looking for, and um, it's from a, an account on Twitter called Wrestle Votes, and this account has been very, very accurate in things that have leaked out. Okay. Um, over recent months and the last couple of years, and they were saying there that. They had texted a source regarding Omega and WWE's offer to them, and they got back. Uh, if they don't land them, it's not their fault for lack of effort. They've done what they can. Translation being, WWE wants Omega, and they're assuming that the offer is strong, especially financially. That's followed up by then. The Young Bucks were offered AJ Styles type money, mm-hmm. which obviously would be reasonably yeah, considerable. It's like being the elite, being on the network. Yeah, and a place for being the elite on the network. Uh, if you take that. Imagine then what they'd have been offering Omega. Mm-mm. That means there must be serious money. I think that's like Lesnar money. On the table. Yeah. To get Omega. Because uh, I think I'd, there'd been whispers of like 20 million for five years or something like that, which is, and that's before merch. 
which would be insane money. But at the end of the day, the Khan family who are backing mm-hmm. AEW are billionaires also. Yeah. So it wouldn't be unlike them to be able to just go, yeah, we'll match that. Now, yes, they're not going to do that for everybody, hence WB going, as you said. Yeah. Show us the contract and we'll match it. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. Um, You do, again, you do have to take into account that whole equality thing. Really, are the cans going to match 20 million for Omega then? Because then they have to match that for all the other male talent yeah. and yeah. female talent. I could see Kenny taking less money. I, and going I think, with his friends. I think Omega, like you say, I think Cody will say, like, well, you can go to WWE, but you look what he did to me. You look what they've done to Nakamura since he's been in there. It's only a matter of time. Or you look what they've done with, you know, the Revival, for example. Um, that they have been somebody who have just been buried since And there's whispers there. of their release being their released. Requested. Maria and Mike Kanellis. Ziggler as well so Sasha apparently has hinted at it oh um so yeah I think that Kenny is one who enjoys his wrestling but if he, he's not about the money he's about you know like enjoying himself and enjoying the ride so I see but I do think it's now or never yeah for Kenny because he's not old but he's at that sort of similar point in his career like AJ that Finn was like AJ was mm-hmm. and all that right now's the time if you're going to go to WWE, you really, not to, you know, go pontastic here, but pull the trigger yeah, um, on it and go. Whereas, if he goes AEW now, that's, that's pretty much it. I could honestly, see, much I could honestly see him going to WWE and then him, them turn into a comedy character. Well, this is the thing. You know. Is, I think AJ Styles is a big exception mm-hmm. to the rule. Of someone coming in from outside who had those extremely strong connections to Japan and TNA. Yeah. That somehow managed to convince Vince McMahon that he was the guy to work with and to have in an elevated spot on the cards. Mm -hmm. Now, I suppose if you're WWE, if you've invested that much money in a guy, like you would with Brock, really would you want him to be floundering in the mid card or lower card? Yeah. You'd want him in the upper card, selling merch, you know, setting the world alight. But I do think it will just boil down to the fact that he'll maybe take that bit less money and go and work mm-hmm. with his friends in AEW because he has the potential here to right either go and maybe become a huge name in WWE, but equally the potential to become lost in the mix. Yeah. But then he has that opposite chance of going somewhere and establishing it as a potential future rival yeah to WWE that's a long ways off you know whether you have the money behind you or not you have to establish the crowds you have to yeah. establish the TV you have to establish the viewers the international viewers as well exactly but he's the guy he's the name that could do that mm-hmm. Jericho yes is all well and good yeah but when it comes to that big name on independent wrestling right now, it's Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. So time will tell okay. in that regard. So um, obviously you said that they announced their Double or Nothing uh, pay-per-view, which I think is in May time. Um, it's May 25th or something like something that. Something like that. So they've obviously got time to get a card together and things like that. Um, Vegas. Obviously then... 
we have the likes of say SU, um, the likes of them, you know, like Hangman, you know, like I don't think we're going to see matches like Hangman versus Pack or things like that. We're going to maybe see Pack versus somebody else, whether because I think he was maybe meant to be at the last show, but he was injured, so maybe we can get like a Pack versus Osprey or something like that. That would be that in, would be crazy. In the card. So, um, is there any dream match that you would want to be on that card? <sighs> See, it's still very early days because yeah. the the roster at this moment still is extremely limited. You know, mm-hmm. you've got you've got as you say, you've got SCU, you've got Cody, you've got the Bucks, you've got Hangman, you've got potentially uh, Omega and Jericho in there, and then it's even more limited on the the women's side of things. I would like something like Pack versus Osprey. It would be interesting if they brought someone like Osprey in. To AEW, but whether because Osprey still was New Japan, yeah. would that be doable? And because Cody and them have all completely distanced themselves from New Japan, mm-hmm. would talent crossover be possible? Yeah, it's another thing altogether. But I would like to see like Cody have a pretty decent match with somebody. Like if you put Cody versus Pack, mm-hmm. something like that, I think would yeah. be quite interesting. Yeah. Have or we even, seen? Have we seen Cody versus Jericho really? Well, this is what I was going to say, is you could have Cody versus Jericho, which I think could be a very different match outside of WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they've probably had a match somewhere yeah. along the line of things. But that, as a key match on you know their second big show, would be a pretty good one to have on the card. But I think it's going to be a case of we're going to see more and more names announced here in the coming months. Um, as to who they're signing these shows. Of course, there was talk of they've linked up with that uh, OWE yeah. Cody Rhodes uh, versus Chris Jericho, SmackDown, May 31st, 2013. So near enough be six years later. To, to the day. That they was too far. But they mentioned that they've uh, built a wee relationship with that OWE out of China, mm-hmm. which I've actually seen a few clips of, and it's basically like karate wrestling <laughs> wow. it's like proper like kicks flying and all that sort of stuff that you'd see in a karate movie blended in with like high flying wrestling moves so it it would be uh i think that would open a few eyes yeah uh in the american sector of the wrestling fandom to see those matches but it really is just kind of completely up in the air i think well they've called it double or nothing so i don't think they're going to hold back in any shape mm-hmm. or form uh one thing I forgot to mention as well as Billy Gunn's involved. Yes. In the background as well as a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good hand to have there. It's quite weird when you think about it now. So you have Trips, Sean and Road Dog, mm-hmm. all heavily involved in the production and day-to-day running of the shows in WWE. Yeah. And Billy's now doing it for the competitor. I don't get expat. <laughs> no. I, I don't think we'll see that. Um, any dream match you would like to say? It's, yeah, like you say, it's a hard one to to think of. You're trying to think like I would have loved to see Mark Haskins sign for there instead of signing for a Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think that was just poor timing. I think he would have done really well in AEW. Um, I think he'll do well in Ring of Honor because they seem to do, have a good way of pushing talent and things. And I think with the likes of the Young Bucks, SU Cody going, they have voids there. Um. Personally speaking, I would love to see maybe Flip Gordon versus Jericho. 
whether they get Flip Gordon because he's Ring of Honor again, because I think Ring of Honor have kind of said that they are still willing to work with New Japan, but we'll wait and see. My last question to you, Alan, just to round this up, um, you kind of touched on it. Will this be a legitimate threat to WWE, or when it's starting up, can you see the likes of Impact getting kind of rated for talent, and with the likes of it not really harming Ring of Honor, but maybe affecting their ratings, so to speak? It's going to take time. Mm-hmm. They have the money. Yeah. They have some serious names there at the moment. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't automatically get you, you know, to be a competitor. Look at what TNA tried to do a number of years ago with bringing Hogan, bringing Nash, bringing yeah. Sting. That's one thing. Bringing I, all the old names that's in. That's one thing I really hope that I don't go down that avenue of bringing back all the... Uh, I, I think Cody and the Young Bucks are more brighter than that. I think you could have some marquee names there, but you don't need to see Kevin Nash in a title picture. Yeah. I think they have in a statement somewhere stated that will not be happening. Well, that's good. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, that's a key thing they need to not do here is, you know, focus on the past. This, that's been one of the biggest criticisms of WWE is, of course, repetitive samey matches, mm-hmm. but also the fact that focusing on the past, not committing to somebody being the next guy. Yeah. Yes, of course, Roman has been seen as the guy, but it shouldn't just be Roman as the guy. Attitude here. You had Taker, you had Kane, you had Rock, you had Austin, you had Triple H, yeah. you had Foley. You have guys rather than a guy. You need it not to just be, well, there's these upper card guys and then there's the main guy mm-hmm. sort of thing. You need a whole array of guys. And I think if that's something AEW can pull off, then they'll be well on their way Yeah. to uh, however many years down the line it they may be. They basically need to give us what WWE don't give us is the best way to look at it. Yes. But I kind of worry for Impact because it's been floundering for so long. And I think that this, I think that Impact, once this gets going, I think Impact will be what happened with ECW. Is that it's just going to get rated for talent and just people aren't going to bother it. I do think it will be a case of TNA's days not being numbered. Yeah. Um, which has been said many times mm-hmm. over the last decade. Um but I genuinely think with AEW, it could be about to be on its way out. Yeah. But uh, it'll all just depend what talent they can get their hands on. Austin Aries, he seems good. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. But uh, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, it's it's just going to be TV is going to be the key thing as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Jericho said that he wouldn't sign unless they had like a, a TV deal in place. So whether they've just waiting for the right offer or whatever, but. No, this billionaire will probably make his own bloody network or something like that, you know, so... That's it. You know, but, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see where it goes. And it'd be nice to see a company like this take off, you know, like, and see where it goes to from there. Whether we get a pay-per-view over here, which would be interesting to see, and that would kind of be one way for them to stick it to WWE and say, like, you're only giving them UK talent, we're going to give them our talent. You know, like and do things like that. So because that's that is one thing, whether it was lip service or not, at uh, one of the OTT shows, what is it? Probably about a year and a half ago now. Funnily enough, it was named you know all elite or whatever it was at the time, or being the elite, the show sort mm-hmm. of thing for OTT. They named the show after them. Um, 
they touted that one of the locations they were thinking of was the UK mm-hmm. for one of their big show at the time, the yeah. All In show. Um, nobody bought that, but I wouldn't doubt that they had in their mind the UK as a potential place yeah. down the line. Because if they can capitalise and capture the UK market, that's that's another big feather in their cap. Because mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that TNA almost kind of successfully did. TNA always managed to do reasonably well on their tours. Oh yeah, yeah. Over here in the UK, so if AEW can get the UK on side, who knows what may happen? True. Well, I think this will be something that we'll revisit a couple of months down the line. Most we definitely. Know more information and stuff by that. So. Yeah, so uh, thanks for listening. If you have any wrestling topics you want us to talk about, uh, go on to facebook.com, uh, Operation Retroshock, send us a message, or post, visitors post, or send us a message on Twitter, Retroshock Pod, uh, Alan GW Price, A L L A N, Vento316, leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, yeah, anything else to add, Alan? Well, next week, everybody, uh, we are going to have some Retroshock news, but it won't be in the sort of normal way we would do the Retroshock news. Normally, it would be very much brand spanking news that has happened in the last week or so before uh, that show. But I think it's fair to say, Chris, since the holiday break and when we last had a serious sit down and chit chat and record for the show, there's been a few interesting pieces of news and uh, trailers that have come out. So we just want to kind of sit down and talk about those, catch up on those things. And that will be coming everybody's way next week. Cue that in the week from this show going live. Some major piece of movie news or trailer goes online. But we do have a bit of news to do with Operation Retroshock. Absolutely. Which ties into that, which will be at the end of next week's show. So stay tuned for that, everybody. And we will see you... Did you say say or stay tuned? Stay tuned. I sound like you said stay tuned. Oh, be quiet. We'll see you all next week, everybody, for episode 140. Of Operation Retroshock. You got the episode number right. Well done, you! Yay!